0: the brothers of legacy, we don't stand out,
1: we stand up.
0: Hey, hey, what's up, hey, Mr. Scott? Good morning. Good, morning. good morning. All right. Welcome, welcome. Thank you for uh, being on the, the broadcast today. I appreciate you, man. Uh, kind of known you for a little while, you know, from a distance. From a over distance. Over Zoom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Over Zoom. Oh, it's 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 funny how that how we've all built relationships over virtual. Like I think I made more more new friends virtually <laughs> than I yeah. have in the course of my life.
2: <laughs> yeah. That pandemic really uh set us up to to get to know each other, connect yes. in different ways and um you know, you meet some really good people that you probably would never have met traveling all over the place. So Definitely. it's good to you know, be on here and uh, appreciate you. All that you do. Appreciate you, man.
0: All right. So today we're talking about how to outlive your mistakes. Um, and so we're gonna I want to kind of talk about um some of your journey and discussing you you're into you're into prison reform, um, and not only, of course, just finding out, not only um helping the legislative side, but actually helping the individual as well. Mm You know, to get out of that headspace, um, to get out of that that space where they're blaming the system and they're stuck in that space where it's it's woe is me, <laughs> you know, as opposed to learning to turn it all the way around, like to to get free physically and to get free mentally, um, and and so what? My first thing is, what is it like? To, to achieve that space of freedom? You know, what is it like to not blame? Were you a, a system blamer? Did you blame everybody kind Absolutely. of thing?
2: I mean, just the justification of doing all the things I've done in the past and we'll talk about, yeah. um, you know, that all is system based. You know, if I don't do it, someone else is going to do it. You know, the man, whatever it may be. Um, you know, I had all the lingo to justify what I was doing, you know, you, we got to find out, um, you know, and it's true. There's a lot of different things that, that kind of hold people down, oppress you and, and different other things. And so, um, I'm not saying that that stuff is not real, but at the same time, there's other stuff that's real. And, right. um, you right. know, so I just focused on the things that were, uh, was real in that moment for my life. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then, you know, once I got to the system, um, the first time I, I was arrested um, was for armed robbery. And uh, when I, you know, finished that time up, I felt like my life was over. That was it, you know? And yeah, that, that picture right there. <laughs> when I, you know, I was 18 years old at that time. And, you know, I, I just felt like life was over. There's no opportunities, no chances, no anything is going to happen. And uh, and so, you know, I made the decisions based upon that, you know, the second time I got arrested, um, which was a much bigger deal and uh, spent a lot more time in prison. um, For me, it was there's no no other option but to change. And, And I told myself I was 22 years old when I went to prison, 22 years old, one month, four days. And I said to myself. I'm going to give myself 22 years, one month, four days doing the right thing. And let me see what happens. Right. Because doing the things that I've done these first 22 years, one month, four days, led me here. Right. So, yeah, right. it was, it was you know, a lot of different things that I had to to overcome. But it was, it was literally undoing all that I've learned right. to relearn something else.
0: Mm. Wow. So all that you've done to relearn something else. Now, let me ask you this, because we listen, I'm going to just warn you, all we're going to see this gentleman several times because there's there's so much so many intricacies to his story. But to relearn, were you were you positioning yourself to change or were you kind of felt like did you like, you know, we have those moments where we're like, man, it's got to be more than this, right. you know, yeah. like, did you always kind of feel that or were you kind of like, this is it? This is life. there's There's not much else.
2: Um, I'll speak for myself personally and the things yeah. I've learned since then. Um, personally, I never wanted to be where I was at. Wow. I never really wanted to be involved with that. But, you know, when you when you have to do what you have to do. Right. All um, right, We don't, not that way. Let me say it the way we really say it. When you got to do what you got to do. You know? um, and you, you just do what you feel like is necessary, right? And, and so for me, um, everything that I did, I thought was right. Okay. You couldn't tell me it was wrong, right? So yeah. I, I didn't really want to do it, but at the same time, there's that was the option, you know. Right. That was the, the option that was in my mind. Positioning myself to do the right things. First time I got I went to uh, got arrested and went to jail, I told myself, I never want to come back here again. Like right. it's the worst right. experience ever. But the very first day I was out, I was right back into potentially things that can take me right back to prison, right? Right. And and I would always quit. And I would say, though, in the back of my mind, you know, if things ever get hard again, I know exactly what I'm going to do. And so, you right. know, fast forward, things get hard again. And once they get hard, you just fight with the weapons you have. And mm. so the weapons I had at the time were street things of the streets. And, and all that. I know I don't look like that now, but. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Listen, real, pause real quick on that.
0: When he started sharing his story and when he showed me these photos, I was like. Wow! Never, never would have guessed yeah. it. Never would have known. You know
2: exactly, and, and you know that's that's the grace of God. You know, yeah. ultimately, when it comes down to it, yeah, uh, there was nothing that that um, that I would take on that said, you know, what this is. This is what I need to do to change. This is, right. you know, the extreme level of change that, that it took for me to transform. You know. I had to go through a lot there are people in my my past will say well you were never really that bad but you didn't know what was inside of me right and so you know the those types of things that are inside of me are the things that make me go you know there's there's a different level so when i first got out yeah there was no changing there was nothing that just made me go yeah i need to change i wanted to change but the type of change that i wanted was on my own terms Okay. You know, I didn't okay. want to, I didn't want to change. Um, on the type of the, change that I wanted was on my own terms. I'm sorry. Uh, oh. I I wanted to make sure that I could do what I wanted to do, right? And also, you know, have my cake and eat it too, so to speak.
0: Right. I'm with you. I um, want better. I want better. Yeah. But I want I want to enjoy yeah. what I've enjoyed while not having to deal with the issues that come with what I yeah. want to enjoy, kind of thing gotcha
2: and so you know now let's let's fast forward to the things I know about myself and the things I know about people right and so you know there was nothing inside of me that said change you know I was uh walking dead basically you know okay. Ephesians yeah. 2 talks about you know those who are dead in their sins and trespasses right. uh, but God has made us alive right I was dead I was walking dead and and when God came literally gave me life and and that begin the transformation of everything. Um, That's what really began began the process of me, um, you know, my growth process, my transformation process and everything else. But what I've learned about people, I've asked over 15,000 people, Mm -hmm. um, do you want your life to be better? And it's a simple question. I know it doesn't sound like much, but, you know, I've never had anyone say anything other than, yes, I want my life to be be better. Right. i've asked over 15,000 people do you um do you want to be in a bad situation and i never mm-hmm. heard anyone say yes yeah. i mean simple question right, <laughs> right everybody right. has the same answer um right. but i've asked over 10,000 people in jail and prisons do you want to be here right and i've never heard anybody say yeah i want to be here right
0: <laughs> right right <laughs> so
2: i mean There's three questions I've asked in life where I've gotten the same exact answer straight across the board, 100% same answer. You can't ask too many questions in life and get the 100% same answer from different cultures, different everything, but this one you can. So, you know, for me, I started recognizing the desire for a better life is in all of us, but sometimes the way we go about trying to get there causes most of our problems. Right. And so, you know, when we start to think about like, for me, I wanted a better life, but the way I was going about trying to get there was actually hurting me versus helping me. Mm. And so when we start to recognize like human nature and, and different other things, we all want a better life. The how is the problem? How do we get there? How do we right. transform from where we were to where we are? How do we let go of everything that's been in our past um, to build our future? You know, sometimes it's, it might be a simple perspective. For me, I was 22 years old when I right. went to prison last, right? And I was like, well, if I live to be 88 years old, I still got 66 years to go. Why yeah. would I let this first 22 dictate the next 66? It doesn't right. make any sense. Right,
0: right. So, you
2: know, that that's kind of where, where the you know, a lot of the process began was just that understanding. You know, um, the Bible says, get wisdom and all that getting, get an understanding. Yeah. Definitely. And so, you know, wow. that's really a lot of where the process began. Wow.
0: That's deep. So I'm going to bring um, Pastor. He's in the building. Bring him on real quick. Um, and then I got a I got
1: a thousand more questions. Hold on. <laughs> morning, morning. Happy Monday. Morning, Mr. Connie, how you doing, good, sir?
2: Good, good, good to see you. Yes. So I'm this good. is another person that I've known from afar. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we got a mutual... Um, I'll call her a mutual family member because oh, yeah. he's more oh, yeah. than just a friend. So yes. uh Dr. Rollins and so yeah yes. yeah so yeah good to see you Pastor.
0: Absolutely. Um, let's see. Oh, what's up, Jeff? Good morning, good morning. Oh, uh, look at that. Dr. Rollins. The <laughs>
2: there she is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's
1: indeed. the conduit. <laughs> yes,
0: yes, indeed. Hey, Keita. good morning, good morning. Um, all right. So let me so like you said you identifying the change that you wanted um well the change that you thought you wanted right. you know um because a lot yeah. of us we want the change sometimes without the accountability absolutely you know, we want we want stuff to we want our situations to to get better like you said the uh, yeah I want better yeah You're I want right. you know but it's the it's the putting in the work in order to become better that's that's the part that people were challenged with. You know, I got to do all that. <laughs> I got to do all that. Right. And so with you in your in your um change in situation. Okay, so let me let me let's do it in story form. So Okay. You get arrested. Mm-hmm. Um the the second time is the second time is when you got the revelation in jail. Is that, yeah. the, is that correct? Yeah. All right. So let start from there. So you get and tell and tell everybody what you were facing, you know, and, you know, of course, we make our promises. And then that real shift that happens. So let's, yeah. let's start there. Let's start there.
2: Yeah. So. Um, so for my life, you know, there's been a lot of challenges, uh, volatile childhood, everything. So for me, I was anti a lot of stuff, you know, <laughs> I was I was pro pro hood, pro everything in the hood. anti everything that was against that right because you know growing up in the hood it's it's real like people are suffering people are challenged and so like for me that was going through the the challenges of of certain things and you know did i did i have more potential absolutely would i live out though that's what matters right and so for me um you know i got to the point where uh you know i was on the run from the fbi for almost six months and um you know I, so the the charge was conspiracy to distribute cocaine base and um basically that's drug trafficking it's just the federal way of saying it right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh and so uh at the when i finally was arrested a couple of days before I was arrested my mom and i had some challenges growing up and so there's a point where she disowned me and i was on my own like i've literally been making my decisions and caring for myself since i was 14 years old and um and so through that process you know i i called my mom and she and i have this conversation and I, you know, let her have it. It's your fault. I'm in this situation. You never leave me, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just blaming her. It's all you. It's not me. Right. And um, and so, you know, she's taking all that in. And then during that conversation, it was a six-hour conversation. She tries to tell me about Jesus, right? <laughs> Why you do that? <laughs> right, right, like right now. say, right yo, now. blonde hair, blue eyed. You know, white devil God is, you know, the right guy who say Allah is not right. Buddha is not right. If your God was so right, you'd never blah, blah, blah. I'm just going right, in right, on right. it. And it's the first and only time I've ever cussed my mama out. Right. So. <laughs> and, uh,
0: yeah, right, right. <laughs>
2: um, and so it's basically, you know, we're going in and she's trying to still, you know, talk to me about the gospel and I'm not trying to hear it and eventually her response is son it's just gonna have to come to you i'm like yeah whatever (laughs) you know two days later two and a half days later i find the fbi kicks in the door where i'm at comes takes me downtown you know the mindset i had then i was like man you ain't got nothing on me take me to jail yeah f y'all let's go and um so they sent, take me to jail, put me in a jail cell by myself, um, federal prisoner in a state facility. They had to segregate me for a little bit. Um, so I, I actually um, was sitting in the jail cell that night and they served me my food and it was hot dogs that were green and beans that were green, not green beans, beans that were green. It was just nasty, right? <laughs> and I looked at the, the food and I question came to my head. Is like, how did I get myself in this mess again? Because I was like, I'm never coming back, right? How did I get myself in this mess again? Something inside me said, pray. And I was like, I don't Mm. pray. And something said, pray. And I just kind of fought this feeling for about 30 minutes. And then finally, I just said, God, if you're real, I need you. And I said a whole bunch of things. And after that, opened my eyes and haven't been the same since. Like literally that moment transformed my life. I'm still looking at the same walls, same situations, but my mind just felt totally different. My heart felt different. First thing that came to my mind at that point was amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. And I realized it was never anyone else. It was me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. And it's like, I literally saw life different. And one of the things that, you know, that, right after that, you know, I'm still in the jail cell by myself and I'm still going through this motion. I know that moment was the realest thing in, in my world up to this point. And, but this still the thought of jailhouse religion came into my head and I was like, man, see, so you got up in here, and got jailhouse religion, right? Right. You, you're <laughs> crying to God, but I wasn't scared at the time. Cause I didn't know how much time I was facing. I didn't know. I, I figured, you know, I'm going to do five years. and I'm out of here, you know, not a bad deal. And, um, couple days later, I was taken put in front of the magistrate. Magistrate tells you you're facing 10 years to life with a $4 million fine. And I'm like, man, I ain't never seen $4 million in my life. Wow. I didn't think about the time. I was just right. thinking about the money. That was the mindset <laughs> the money, I had, right? Like, I'm, I'm about to lose my life. And I'm like, but you asked me for four. I, that's the mindset. The money was over the life, right? Right. And so um, then I, you know, come to find out. It was, you know, I was actually facing life at the age of 22. Wow. And, um, you know, I was fortunate to get a 10-year sentence. There's a lot of stories behind that. And I, you know, I don't mind sharing the stories eventually um, behind getting that. But the reality is, you know, there was grace in the situation. Wow. There's ultimately something I can control. Wow. And the only thing I could control is however much time I have, I can't stay the same. I can't continue to do whatever it was that led me to the point where I find myself at the mercy of, of the system where I can't make a decision for myself. I can't do anything. I don't have keys. Um, I can't take a bath, (laughs) you know, I can take a shower, but you know, and there's just, there's just the idea of, of being lost and being, being locked up. Right. Um, and I'm just going to throw this out there. We'll talk about this later, but then I realized (laughs) one thing that, the worst prison I was in wasn't physical, Mm. it was spiritual and mental and emotional. And those, all those, those prisons that we put ourselves in, like we, we box ourselves into a certain place where um, this is the way I have to be in a certain situation and not recognizing that God is always in control. So all we have to do is be trusting, be faithful, you know, and, and, and believe. And that's really where I, the whole transformation, my even to this point, I don't know how I got here. Right. I just know that I trusted. That's it. And through the process, redemption took place. Right.
0: That's good. That's good. I, I think being able to see even in the midst of your situation, like I think it's the when you begin to see the possibilities, you know, because what got you there was not seeing the possibilities. Like all I can do this is all I got. I got to do it this way. There's no other way for me to make it. There's no other way to me to profit any money unless I do this particular thing. Um, that 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 in itself is powerful just to be able to, you know, God opens up the possibility, you know, just, oh, there's a there's a possibility <laughs> to do, do something different, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of us get stuck in that space, you know. Um, but we yeah, we're gonna dig into the prison of the mind and the spirit. Um, Pastor, did you want to share something?
1: No, I just I love hearing the story and the testimony and and thank you for sharing, Brother Cotton. We pr- truly, truly appreciate it. I always feel like like in my life, you know, I there was a bottom that I hit. You know, the, the revelation of better things to come only become attractive when you become tired of your what you're dealing with. <clears throat> so everybody has to hit a bottom and that bottom triggers change right that change that says i'm not going backwards i have far too much ahead of me than to exist like this and and what i say to people is everybody has a bottom and some bottoms are lower than others mm-hmm. right um and so when you like what is it you talk about that you know the the, the prison ministry or prison faith or whatever prison theology mm-hmm. uh, and that's real. People look at it like that. You know, it's, right. it's one thing to, to, to come to know something in prison because you have a desire to get out, right. but it's another thing to, to actually be converted. Right? Yes. To be transformed. Yes. Right. That's and true. that comes from, from a bottom and, and recognizing there's something better. So what specifically is the bottom? Cause I can tell you what mine was, right. but what was your bottom? Because you said $4 million. Wow, I'm thinking more about the money than the time. So to me, neither one of those was the bottom. Right.
2: So interesting thing is when my conversion took place, I didn't feel like I was at total bottom. Mm. I just felt like I was in a bad place. Right. Um, and and just being in the bad place because of the food trade, it wasn't because I was locked up. It was looking at this food and asking the question, how do I get myself in this mess again? Right. I, I, I think this, and this is something, just my personal opinion that I hold on to since then. You ask the right questions, you get the right answers. And the right question was, how did I get myself in this mess again? It was that I got myself in this mess again. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that, you know, there. it wasn't someone else. It was my decisions. It was my choices. It was my actions that got me into this mess again. And, you know, ultimately, when we talk about jailhouse religion, like God finds you right when you're in those those situations. Yeah. But somehow by pride, we think we need to get ourselves out of these situations. And, you know, the Bible says, come to to, um, to come to me all who are burdened and heavy laden and I'll give you rest. Right. Yes. And so when we start thinking about the rest that's out there for us, we don't tap into that. A lot of times we still tap into the stuff that gives us mess that, you know, and if I didn't have enough time in prison, I promise you, I probably still would have been doing the tapping into the mess part. Um, because the first year I was locked up, I was like, God, if you let me out now, I promise you, I, I'll do, you know, I'm good now. You, I'm I, right. I, I know right. I'm different, right? Let's make a deal. <laughs> I know I'm different. Second year, God, I know I'm different. I'm way different than when I got in here. I'm perfect right now. You let me out. Third year, God, I know you can do all things and all things are in your hand and everything else. And I realized that every single day, once I the day I was released, I realized something. I needed every single day, every single moment in that that situation to help me recognize that I wasn't good because I was still... I was still holding on to certain things. And until I could just trust God with my life, totally, you know, and, and again, we all make mistakes, but to, for the most part, um, to the point where even when I got out of, out of prison, a friend of mine, she said, uh, man, how did you go from, she met me while I was in prison. Okay. And when I got out, she's like, how did you transition from in there to out seamlessly as you did? Like, mm-hmm. you you're the same person. And it's because walking by faith out there was exactly the same thing I had to do out here. Yeah, It was walk by faith. If I'm going you know, to trust the Lord with my life there, then I have to trust the Lord with my life here. It's not no longer me going, you know, I got to do it. And this is the way it has to be done. So, yeah. Oh,
0: this is a good question. Uh, Ephraim asks, um, who challenged you more on your conversion experience today, outsiders or something in your head?
2: Oh, it's always the word. Um, but I allow people into my life. and mm-hmm. so, if I have a lot of people that I trust that can always challenge me. okay see one, one of the things that about me is I don't have this pride in trying to be right about things mm-hmm. right. Right? right I'm trying to get it right just like everybody else. and so right. when when people challenge me, you know regarding conversion or different other things, like if you can show me where I'm wrong, you can show me something. I have no problem. Hey, I'll change it because right. um, you know it's not my thing. But at the same time, <laughs> I think that conversations need to be had around you know what's true and what's not. You know, we got a lot of even in, in churches, we got a lot of theology that's gone crazy, right. and and if we can't come back to scripture about it, then that's a problem. But um throughout my time of of growth, because I didn't do all my growing in prison. There's a tremendous amount of growth that's taken place. Um, that always takes place. I'm always allowing people to to challenge me, to push me, to help me see a standard that's that's higher than what I can even think. Right, right. Um, and so it's just it's a matter of, of really um you know, being able to grow in, in those situations. But, you know, I got, I got people who hold me accountable that can always pull me aside. It's the word that always challenges me. It is, it is daily life and activity. Uh, it's being mindful that like, I'm no better than anybody else. I'm a sinner saved by grace, just like everybody else. And so it's important for, for a lot of, um, for me to just really re- remember where I come from and realize that they're not the enemy, yeah, that the enemy fine. is actually attacking them. Fine. So I don't, I don't never get on the side of, why don't you just get your life together? Why don't you just do this? It is, it's one of the things where like we're, we're on mission here. We're, we're part of, of doing some things here and lives are at stake. And so um, just keeping that in, in the forefront of, of my mind. And so those are some of the things that when we talk about what, what you know, what do I allow to help me grow? It, it's, it's really recognizing um, that I, I'm not the, you know, I've heard someone say this before, that I, I have an audience of one and it's God. Uh. And the reality to me is, no, I'm in the audience watching God. And so like if the perspective is always that God's in control and he has everything moving, then we sit back, we get a front row seat and we're like, Man, look at God. Right. So <laughs> right. those types of things help out. So um hopefully that answers his question.
0: Yeah, definitely. That makes that makes sense. Um I I think so we talk about like breaking out of that that prison that you're that all of us have probably the experience of having, and you know, to put into perspective what's your bottom. You know,
2: it broke and, up a little bit. Can you repeat that?
0: Oh, not breaking up. Can you hear me now?
2: Yeah, we can hear you now.
0: Spectrum. Okay. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Spectrum. <laughs> oh man. Oh, so yeah, so we talk about our bottoms, right? And the the bottom like what everybody's bottom is different you know yeah um i don't know like in 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 of course perspective does it always have to be a bottom but i guess you really don't understand change until things aren't going the way you want them to go you know like life is not operating like what all it's like i i feel like i'm going this way but it keeps failing why do things Keep going wrong, or I feel like are going wrong, um, and looking for the change that's that's necessary or needed. And most of the times, it's personal. Right? Um, you know, we need to make a personal shift, better decision making, um, things of that nature. So, my question: what I'm getting to, <laughs> um, and this for both both uh, you and Pastor as well. Um, how do you? How do you recognize that you need to make better decisions? Because it's the decisions that ultimately get us in the space that that are not the best places. Yeah. How do we make better decisions? <laughs>
2: I have my answer but I'm going to let Pastor go cuz I've mean, I'll talk you know me <laughs> So will I <laughs>
1: You you don't understand I'm I'm holding my peace this morning giving room
0: Go ahead Pastor you go you go ahead first you go
1: first No I, I again you know I don't want us to misunderstand bottom See we we all look at bottom as an ugly place
0: Yes 100%
1: I look at bottom as the opportunity for new season, new beginning, right? Breakthrough. Right. right? So what was the, like, I, I associate bottom with breaking point. I heard uh cotton say, you know, I I looked at the situation and realized I got myself into it. Mm. And that acknowledgement is the same acknowledgement that says, I can't do this. I can't be responsible for putting myself in this situation again. I got to do better. Right. I don't want to repeat this again. Right. To me, that's what I that's how I define bottom. It's a breaking point.
0: Right.
1: Right? Yes, yeah. Nowhere to go from here but better. Because I don't want it to get any worse than this. And and you can get to that place again right. through repetitious behavior. Up, be like, oh, here I am again at this place. Right. But it's a it's a place of breaking. Right. Because when you get to that place, uh, uh, uh Nope. I know what this is. Nope, this ain't it. I got to do something different here. There's right. the shift. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. And and everybody has that. I call it bottom because for me, it's to, to Dr. Rodin's point, nowhere to go from here, but up. Right. You know. Right. Uh. So anyway, I just wanted to get that, put that clarity out there.
2: Yeah. Awesome. And, uh, and you know, I, I agree with you and what you're sharing is important. Like bottom there, there's a, there's a, it's a place, it's a space yeah. where you can recognize, Hey, this ain't working. Right. <laughs> and that's, what, you know, I, I teach a lot of people. Um, I wrote a curriculum uh, 12 years ago called Rethink Life. And in that space, the you know, I never argue with people. People will always challenge me. Like, why do you, you know, you think it's this easy? You think it's I like, no, I don't. I know what it's like. Right.
1: right. But I,
2: I don't want you to make excuses for what you to stay where you're at. Because right. you you obviously don't want to be there. Remember, I ask everybody, "Do you want your life to be better?" And everyone says yes. So don't make an excuse to stay the same. Right. So the bottom can be a place where you keep yourself in a space where you don't want to be. Yeah. And if you recognize it's not working for you, make the change. And so a simple, you know, question. The reason why I never argue with anybody is because I just say, "How's that working for you?"
1: Right. You know, and
2: and that's that's really the question we have to ask ourselves. Yeah, We don't have to get to a bottom. Just how's this working for you? Yeah, And if it isn't working and you see the outcomes aren't where you want to be, because I could I saw the outcomes. The bottom to me was right there. And and I could have fell right into the bottom Mm -hmm. by the grace of God. I was able to see it and be like, nah, that's not what I want. (laughs) And Ah, wait, wait, wait. You got to stop
1: right there. Yeah. (laughs) Because you said I could talk. And this is where I started interrupting. (laughs) That's exactly why everybody's bottom is different. Right. Mm -hmm. right. Because if you like playing in traffic. Right. 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 Chasing cars. And, you know, you're subject to get. The more you play in traffic, the higher the risk of you getting hit. Right. Am I right?
2: Yeah.
1: You're playing in traffic. Playing chicken with cars. Right. I see you. I can imagine what can happen. Right, right. Just the imagining of what could potentially happen is the bottom for me. Mm. You got to get hit by a car. Right, right, right. You understand? See, some people can, in their situation, they can see where it's leading. Right. And that be their breaking point. Just the the revelation happens before it hits. Mm. But for other people, you have to be in the jail cell. To recognize you need to change. And what happens when someone says, why but you make it look so easy? No, I don't make it look easy. It's just that my mind is made up. Right. Definitely. When your mind is made up, you refuse to do anything except what you uh, feel as a sense of purpose. Right. And that can look easy to someone who has not made the decision that my future is more valuable than what I'm doing right now. Right. Yeah. It's about your priorities.
2: And, you know, interesting thing that you say that most people would think that I hit a bottom Mm. because I was in prison. Right. Right. I was in jail. I had no clue on how my life was going to go. You know, the moment the guy came into my life, I didn't know how much time I was facing. I didn't know anything. Matter of fact, the word that I was getting from everybody else was, man, it's going to be it's all going to work out. That was the Mm. the word I was getting back from everybody, because remember, I was on the run. Right, And so, um, so for me, it, you know, going through this whole process, you know, there is, there's a bottom, bottoming out in people's life because we have a deficit. Mm -hmm. We, we have a a spiritual deficit where we don't even know what life really truly looks like. And we're just, you know, making, making decisions based upon what we've learned from other people. You know, for example, I, I, I'll be the first to say that my whole relationship with Christ was not built upon what someone else told me because that's the way it was before. I didn't have a relationship with Christ. People would tell me this was a blonde haired blue eyed, you know, white devil. And that right. was my relationship right there. Right. I would go by what yeah. other people told me and you were wrong. Right. And until I began to taste and see for myself and began to, walk this thing out and open my Bible, crack it open, look at history, look at all these other things. There were gaps that right. needed to be filled in. And so in life, we all have certain gaps. And um, and as we start thinking about the gaps that we have in life, right. to me, that's the, the bottom. We never fill in those gaps. We start to continue to walk out our life and live in gaps. Uh, live with gaps in our life, and and not really try to fill them in and be full, and we'll just take in anything that someone gives us that makes us kind of feel like it's filling in the gaps of our life, but it really isn't.
0: <laughs> that, that's just cool. I'm not telling you what I heard. I'm telling you what I yeah,
1: heard. absolutely. <laughs> One of my favorite phrases, bro. Yes. yes,
0: nice. Yes, indeed. Oh, so yeah, definitely those definitely those gaps. Um. Oh. And Ephraim says, if as you, look, <laughs> you're talking some real talk this morning. It looks like this because my mind is made up, indeed. <laughs> oh, yeah. So Ephraim also had a question Do you feel called to help those who are in that lifestyle today just because you were in it? Or do you feel God has pulled you in another direction?
2: Mm. Um. Do I feel called to help those people in their in that situation. Right. Um, because I was in it. Yeah. Uh, yes.
0: Okay. Okay.
2: But I also am called to that space because biblically we're called to help those who are in prison and (laughs) everything else. Right. And, and I also don't start preaching.
1: I don't (laughs) have a way to give you an offering.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And so, um, You know, when we start thinking about I I mentioned prison, prison is not just physical, you know, we but that's we are called to those who are physically incarcerated. Right. But we also are called to those who are lost. And, you know, we're we're (laughs) called to so many. So in 2010, I started a nonprofit organization called Redemption and Advancement Alliance. And our mission is to disrupt the cycles of incarceration. Why? Because I have seen so many people, there's a person that's close to me who, who wrongly got a life sentence and never should have spent that much time or got a life sentence for what he did. and And that really stuck with me the whole part of the process. He was on my case and certain things happened and it always stuck with me. And so for me, I recognize that that a lot of people do not realize what kind of system they're truly facing. Right, like right. the system in America. When it comes, I'm just going to talk real now. When it comes to American prisons, there is never, um, there never, it's never for you. Right. Period. And, and you know, when I think about the system, has never been for me. The system has never been something that um, that really cared about. Those incarcerates. Right. And so to help people to overcome some of the challenges they face in order to avoid the system that's out there trying to snatch up our people. um, I wrote the curriculum and started the nonprofit organization (laughs) to disrupt the cycles of incarceration. You know, we can try to turn the political ship and that's one one way we do it. But the reality is the quickest way to to stop people from being incarcerated is to help people change. Everybody wants to change. I told you the desire for a better life is in all of us. I believe this. And, uh, and the other thing I believe is as long as a person has a heartbeat, there's an opportunity for redemption.
0: Right.
2: And so we have to begin to, you know, pour into people other options. Um, right. Potentially, I had so much, you know, so many things I could have done in life. Uh, but potential is one thing. The what and the why we often know; it's the how we don't know, and that's what we have to begin to share with people: is how to make these things change. Right? So, um, so I do give back in that that sense. But then two years later, I planted a church in the South Atlanta area because I felt like there needed to be a place where people can see themselves as family in the kingdom, not just you know coming in and being overlooked it, it doesn't matter what you look like you know people I've, I've i didn't want people to feel as if their sin was the very first thing that you saw mm-hmm. like it, you know sin is is evidence sometimes on people but right. the reality is that's a person that's a person that god loves still right. And so ultimately what drives me is that you know we are people and we make mistakes and we make bad decisions and we do different things and the enemy will continue to beat us down <clears throat> until there's a light that literally takes a hold of our lives. And so, um, you know, being able to share grace with people, being able to share, share what God's mercy looks like with people. That's what really drives me. Right.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, and I like how you shared, you know, the sin is like sin is the first thing you kind of see. You know, but it should not be the driving force in your relationship. You know, it, it's We, like I said, we're in the redemptive business, um, bringing those to the, to the to the one that can that redeemed us
1: all. Yeah. Um, and that's 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 huge. But well, I think for most people, though, A.D., yeah, and I won't say most. I'll say for a lot of people. we We live a spiritual life of comparison, right? Right, right, right. 100%. Uh, you're right. Sin is on us because the Bible says we're born in sin and shaped in iniquity. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's on all of us until we're born again, and and then uh, we've just been saved. Mm-hmm. We haven't been perfected. Right. There's a difference, and and for some of us, it is. I'm glad I didn't go that far. Right. <laughs> that's yeah. the mindset. Right. And that's why you are more responsive to the stench of sin Uh because it's a familiar smell, right? Right. But when you're fully persuaded, when you have your mind made up, all you see is an opportunity for God, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? And and that's what breaks most people down. They, They don't feel like they're in that safe space, so they return back. The Bible right. says when the spirit goes out of a man. He goes seeking dry places, finding none. He returns home. Right. Right. And unless someone comes in broken and you've been there to provide them the nurturing and the safe space that they need. Yeah. When that spirit returns, they go right back. That's how you end up back in the same situation you were before, because you didn't find a safe space that was nurturing for your growth. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's why Cotton is saying, you know, I put this program out here. I launched this non-for-profit because I want to make sure that people who've had similar experiences that I've had find a safe space because it's hard to find. Right. That's real talk. And so for us, uh, we have to get better. Yes. With empathy and understanding and love and support for those that that had the courage to say, I'm broken. I need help. Mm-hmm. Because that's what they're saying when they walk in. I'm broken and I need help. And I didn't come in here for you to tell me how bad I looked. Right. I um, came in here for you to say I've been there too.
0: Definitely. Definitely. Uh just, just a quick pause. Uh I posted on at least you'll see it on YouTube and Facebook, pinned into the top are uh Thomas Cotton's um ways to connect. Um his email is and go to both Facebook pages, redeem. Redeem Advance, right? Yeah, you know, and Disruptive Dialogue. And Disruptive Dialogue. That's his, uh, the podcast he has. Um, so make sure you are part of both of those conversations. Um, the Redeem Advance, he has a, a great curriculum. So definitely connect to him. It's about change. It's basically he's taken a lot of his transformation things he learned based on the studies and how to get you out of your kind of your stuck place, you know, your prison, Um and to begin to work from your bottom up, let's see, Jeff says, a safe place is the environment yeah, for the opportunity to change. Definitely. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's interesting you brought the curriculum up because that's where I was going next. Um, because
1: <laughs> <Let's> <laughs> it's, go.
2: it's Perfect, perfect transition. Um, but the curriculum I wrote is called Rethink Life, and it's based off of Romans 12 too. And it's, you know, being transformed by the ruin, ruin of your mind. Mm-hmm. Um, that you may prove was that good and perfect and acceptable will of God. And so ultimately, when I started thinking about mindset, I, I didn't know all the stuff that you see behind me or anything else. I just knew that my mind had to change. Right. Wow. And I wrote Rethink Life, and it is biblically based, but it's re- reality based um, because to me, the Bible is real and the principles are real. But it doesn't go in your face to where you don't you can't apply it to your life from wherever you stand. Right. The main thing that it does also is it helps you see yourself and build relationship with the other person. Because to me, relationship is really one of the key elements of, of being able to walk with someone through their life. Right. They'll give you access if they have if there's a relationship. Um, earlier in the comments, transparency uh, was talked about, you know, the curriculum requires you to be transparent. Right. It requires you to to be transparent because because um, everybody has some mess in their life. Everybody, right. and sometimes we just don't know how to share or how much of it to share. I don't need to share all my mess. Everybody knows I'm messy, right? <laughs> yeah. right? We don't need to we don't need to do that. We just have to have the understanding that like we're not alone here. Right. And so um, so rethink life is the one curriculum that I use to to teach everywhere. There is a, a biblical version of rethink life. It's called on Path because why does the the path to destruction that leads to destruction narrows the path that leads to life? Mm-hmm. And so we you know how do we get on path to life? And so um, there is that other option that really uh, really connects with people. But one of the things through rethink life, my hope is that people begin to see is I made some bad decisions. And this is the reason why I I was misled. There was different things that that uh, um, that I believed that were wrong. And so if I have to rethink my life and challenge the way I thought about things and realize that, wait a minute, this was wrong. And the person who taught me this, I love them, but they were wrong. And if we have to go through recognizing how many wrongs we've been taught, then what about Jesus? Mm. Right. Right. (laughs) Because if we know that there are, um, you know, we're not here on our own accord and there's different forces at work, then, you know, are we believing something based upon what other people taught us? Of course, all of us eventually are. But then there's I believe there's a different level of of engagement spiritually because Mm -hmm. God's spirit is real. And and I, I believe that. So. And I know I'm not here today without that. So it's it's important for us to see that part. So if we're going to ask questions about our life, ask that question. What about Jesus? What, what have I learned? Have I really tried my best to taste and see? Because there's times I've been even challenged about my faith. Right. And in the process of being challenged in my faith, there's still, um, there's a truth that eventually comes out if you're seeking the truth. If right. you're seeking just to be right, then there is no, um there is nothing that that anyone can say to you because all you're doing is seeking to be right but if you're seeking truth then you'll find a truth and you know and it's important to to be open to that right and so that's what the curriculum does it just opens you up to yeah. to recognize hey wait a minute maybe i've done this wrong <laughs> right and maybe i need to rethink some some of my life and then it just opens you up to to learning and growing and and that's been part of my process. I don't again feel like I have everything. I'm right. open to learning. I'm 50 years old right now and I just started my master's degree 8 right. weeks ago. That's awesome. Why? Cuz I'm open to learning some stuff. Right. <laughs> right? You know.
0: That's good. That's good. That's good. Let me let me ask you this and before we all get ready to close out of here. And this one yeah. is going to be a little deeper, but what happens when I'm holding on, like you was holding on to some anger. You were, you were kind of like mad at the world you were in. Um, you're more, you're reactive to what you needed to do. And you didn't care. Like, this is what I got to do to get what I need. And mm-hmm. didn't care. They really didn't, weren't focused on the outcome. How do you get rid of that anger um, for the world? And And you can share kind of like <laughs> your, your, your history with your parents, you know, because this is because that that was a big because our parents are like our biggest, you know, uh, influences. Yeah, biggest influence, our mm-hmm. biggest focus in the world, and our our relationship with them shapes how we relate with everybody. You know, um, so kind of shared that, and and we I know it's, it's it's not really a quick story, but you can take yeah. your time sharing.
2: I'll I'll do the quick version, and then. I do want to share something about uh, some opportunities also with okay. organizations for people who may have been impacted by the justice system. But I'll yes. do that later. Yes. Kind of interesting that um, I keep this on my desk. And let's see if you guys can see. There it is. There
0: we go. Try to understand rather yeah. than be understood. Wow.
2: Now, you look at this little raggedy piece of paper with tape on it and, right. you know, how it looks and it's dusty yeah. and it's old. I wrote that down in 1997. Wow, and on that piece of paper <laughs> that that piece of paper has been with me all those years, twenty five years. Wow. And the reason why I wrote that down is because it is the foundation of the reason why i I am able to overcome some things. I don't try to be understood as much as I try to understand right. um, and when I feel misunderstood, it does bother me still, right? Right. but there's a point of trying to gain understanding and clarity so whenever I feel misunderstood or if I feel like I'm in a certain place right. um, it, yeah. it's turn it around and start to think understand. understanding how do I understand yeah. first right yes and then as we begin to start looking at those the understanding <laughs> it clarifies things so um, I told you and when I was 14 my mom disowned me so two weeks before that, my dad was stabbed by my stepmom, um, and he literally almost died, right? So my dad, at that point, never fully recovered. Right. And my, at the, I'm 14 years old, my mom disowns me. Why? Why do I have to go through all this, right? And so here I am from 14, going through the, the, some of the most important years of my life, trying to, you know, with trauma, with pain, with all these other things that I got going on. And, um, you know, being raised in the mid 80s, um, in Southern California, there's a lot of madness going on at that time. And so, um, but I told you about the story with my mom and the the conversation we had, you know, the first opportunity I had to to call somebody, I called my mom, was after I was, you know, that moment in the jail cell of, of receiving Jesus, I called my mom. Now, I knew at that point that there was some kind of forgiveness that had to take place. I just right. didn't know what it was right I knew it but I also knew that this was a real moment and so um, over the time over time I realized that there's a couple things that work here. number one, um, I've never met my mom's family and there's a reason why my mom had a half-black child and she's Korean. Huh. And what happened to her when she told her parents. Right. And so ultimately, uh, you know, a lot of times when we find ourselves hurt, we use uh, we use the same weapons that we were hurt by. Right, with, yeah. And we bring <laughs> out different things. And uh, you and I were talking about, for example, you know, if someone gets into a relationship. They really want to be in love, but they end up getting their feelings hurt. And as they keep getting their feelings hurt, they build walls. And these walls that they build, they turn around and start doing the same thing back to other people in right. relationships, right? right? And now that creates trauma all across the board. Right. Um, so I, I began to understand that about my mom. But the other thing I understood was this. If I would have had a child in the time that I was at the height of my madness, I would have probably disowned that child from the moment the woman told me or the girl told me that she was pregnant by me. Because right. why? That was the culture and lifestyle I lived in. And, you know, it it was trust no one. I can't Mm -hmm. trust, you know, that's going to be my baby or whatever. And so what makes me any different from my mom? Nothing. We all have our own flaws. Now, me forgiving her never felt Mm -hmm. like I I justified what she did. It doesn't feel that way. It's never justified. But what it it made Mm -hmm. me do is it allowed me to unanchor myself from a situation in life and move forward. See, unforgiveness anchors us down into a situation where... We cannot move forward, and right. um, I, I tell people this. I heard this a long time ago that um, uh, unforgiveness is like you drinking poison and expecting someone else to die. Right. Yes. yes. Right. And it's yes. not going to happen. So we have to recognize that forgiveness is not for the other person. The forgiveness is mainly for us, yes. and the other person gets the benefit from that forgiveness, such as right. when God forgives us. It's not for God. It's for us. And we get to benefit from that forgiveness. And so, um, you know, being able to to understand that and really begin to understand people, understand my mom, understand myself, just the understanding that, you know, I don't need you to understand me. I just need to begin to understand other things. And so, um, you know, that's how it came full circle with that.
0: Awesome. Awesome. That was good. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. That was good. Oh, because that yeah like we talked about earlier, the hurt people hurt people mm-hmm. um, yeah. that that cycle um of unforgiveness and it and it leads to the bad decision making. it leads to the excuses, it leads to well, I'm here because everyone else has shunned me, so this is just my life, you know, mm-hmm. and never taking the accountability to see the opportunities or see the possibilities because it's easier to be angry. It's always easy to just be oh, yeah. angry all the time. Just angry. I'm mad. I'm mad at the world. Um, and it's unfortunate. Like I know people that are just they're stuck in that anger. Um, I don't I think they have more, more angry days than they have happy days, you know.
1: But you know, I think it's hard to be angry. Mm. I, I think I I think so too. It's you gotta hold on to it. Yeah, you know if you don't cool. know
2: any difference, if you don't know the difference, Woo. then yeah. that just becomes a part of who you are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. You know? Because
1: you don't care about the wear and tear. You don't think right. about the consequences of your right. anger. Right. It's just the familiarity of it. It's what you're accustomed to. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Would it would it be more of a protection? Is the anger a protection?
1: It you is know, because you, you is. don't have to deal with what makes you angry. You just angry. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- th- what I love about the Lord, the Lord says, be angry and sin not. Right. right. But undefined anger can bring calamity. Right. Yeah. Right. you don't know why you're mad you know, like people say it today why are you really mad who you really right, mad? At?
0: Right, you
1: know, right, right? because undefined it creates madness it's just right. you, you know, it, it's uncontrolled and so that's why it's important to get understanding which is what cotton was talking about and i love that that piece man uh, understand first uh, work harder to understand than uh trying to be understood i love that right. i love that that's nice. good because people you know I, I say it all the time people love to hear themselves talk but they don't really know how they sound Right, like, mm. right. If you can, right. you can hear yourself talking, but you don't know how you sound, and, and and that's what anger does. Anger has you saying a whole lot, doing a whole lot, but you don't know how you look, you don't know how you sound. Definitely, definitely.
2: Yeah, I, interesting thing, but real quick, I know you yeah, got to go go, No, no, no. I'm, a, you know, I'm not forcing talk- it. I just, I don't know yeah. what your
0: time looking like, so I don't want to keep. Good.
2: It. Um, when we talk about being angry, there's nothing wrong with anger, right? Nothing. I, I am angry at a system that incarcerates Black men at the rate it incarcerates in this country and does nothing to help them truly transition. Um, and just and I use Black men because the, the incarceration rate is so much different for Black men than it is for anyone else in this country. We can talk about the numbers. Yes, there's more white people locked up, but when it comes to you know, 13% of the, uh, of the population being Black, And then when we really talk about black men and how that looks. So there's, there's so much that we can, um, we can talk about. Yeah. I'm angry at that. I'm angry at police brutality that people continue to look over and, you know, it's not, we can talk about, yeah, it's only a few bad apples, a few bad apples spoil the whole bunch. So get rid of the bad apples and no one will be talking. Right. Right. So there's angry anger that I have there, but it doesn't, it doesn't consume me. It wow. drives me to want to make, make a difference in, in life. It doesn't drive me to make, make me look at people in a negative way because I also understand officers are taught neg- certain things, right? I'm not right. justifying what they do, but there's certain you know, things that they've been indoctrinated with also. Right. And so if we start to look at like the challenges, uh, you know, the anger fuels a lot of what I do to, to try to make a difference. So anger is fine. Right. it's when when your anger is is tearing things apart, mm. that's a problem right and it's unfortunate that a lot of people use anger not to not just tear them tell others apart but tear themselves apart too right. and and that's just the way of life life can has a way of of hurting people to the point where anger is the only thing that they can use to find solace. Mm-hmm. Like it gets people it backs people off of them. It, it it gives them their space. And even then they don't want to be there, but trying to figure out how to live through that is important. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just want to share that. Like, you know, we, a lot of times we can't, we got to look at how life really crushes people and, and being able to, to help them walk through that, to, to show some empathy Um, There was a gentleman one time, um, he was highly angry, cussing up a storm. People were afraid that he was just volatile. And uh, I mean, that he was just going to go crazy. And we're at an office and he's in front where everybody is, guests and staff and everybody. And so I pull him aside to the room like, you know, hey, need you come over here with me to this room. And I just let him go you know, as, yeah. as angry as he wanted to be. Right, right. Now, did I think he could possibly do something? Yeah, but I think he just had a lot of hurt that he needed to get out. And that's what I was thinking. And once he got it out, I said, now what is that going to do for you if you keep doing all this out right. there? How's this going to help you? Are you going to get what you need? Yeah. And just a simple question. You ask the right question, you get the right answer. Right. And he was like, no. Do you need something? Yes. Sit down. Let's talk about it. Right. This person became the, I don't know what they call him, but the client of the year for this organization I was working with. Wow. Eventually he became, found out that, you know, he was off his medication. He had no support. Wow. He didn't, there's a lot of different other things going on personally for him at that point. We can't let anger be, um, you know, the thing that drives us away from people. People right. use anger as a way of saying, I, I'm hurting in the area. And you know, we can't all provide help to that person, but somehow we have to start planting seeds within that person that hopefully will um, grow to a certain point one day. So that's just all I want to say about that.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Plant them seeds, guys. Yeah. Plant them seeds. Plant them seeds. I think that's that's the key. Sometimes we get to man, it ain't even worth it. But you gotta <laughs> just plant a seed. Plant. Yeah. A seed. You never know where it may grow, who might water. You know, we know God gives the increase, but that seed has to be planted. Absolutely. That's good. That's good. Or water. <laughs> right. right, right. Or oh, water. Right. You might be the second one. You might be the <laughs> one. Yeah.
2: Right. Right.
0: Listen, and but I and, and I get sometimes you I want to see the growth. I want to see.
2: Right. <laughs>
0: like, I want to be there. You know. <laughs>
2: yeah. You may never see the growth. You know, I'm very fortunate. The the first chaplain that I had in in the jail that I was in the last time, the very first jail I was, you know, there for a while. That chaplain, we've been friends 28 years. Wow. Like he's been able to see the seeds right. planted, water the growth, and everything. Like right. we are still connected, not just know each other. We're connected. Right. You know, we spend time with each other. We talk to each other on the phone, right. and you know, sometimes you wish you can see that for everybody. Right. And he often says that because as a chaplain, he gets to see a lot of people and 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 minister to a lot of people, but he doesn't get to see all the time the person, the longevity that we have. And so it's good to see that, but you're not always going to be able to do that. Just know that, be faithful that, you know, God's will will be done. Yeah. Right. That's That's
0: awesome. That's good. Hi guys. So I appreciate you. I appreciate you Thomas for being here, man. And sharing. um, Just
2: just want to share this thing about our organization. We have a technology program. Yes. We were beginning for people who um, have to work, have to take care of the family, especially like fathers. We connected through the father's network And um, and so if anyone's interested in in developing a technology background career, um, we have a foundational program that will allow you to to engage that. And so, um, you know, there's there's a couple little things we have to do. But if you go to our website and um, you'll see on there DART, D-A-R-T-T stands for Dreams Are Realized Through Technology. And it'll. You can register there. We'll reach back out to you, get you set up. You'll go if you have not attended our Rethink Life class. That's a, the only prerequisite. Attend the pre, uh, Rethink Life class, complete the Rethink Rethink Life class, and then we'll give you access to a database that will literally um, train you in finances, technology, different other things that you may have. If you want to be a public speaker, all these other things, but technology is the thing that we really want to focus in on.
0: Is this under the redeemevents.org?
2: Yes, yes, it is. I'm uh,
0: going to make sure I put that up. Um, Let's see. Hold on. this. And I put it in the chat, guys, so you can click it as well. I'll put it up here. Um, There you go. All right, cool. Yeah, so make sure you guys connect with, obviously, it's a a plethora of resources. Um, I'm definitely going to share this out some more to other other men that I'm connected with, but let's see. This is his proud little sister over here. <laughs> yes and me.
2: Yeah.
0: You <laughs> know right? Appreciate you, Dr. Roms. You are bringing it all together. Shout out to you. Shout out to you. Exactly. Um, all right. So I'm so, grateful
2: man. for this time, though, honestly. Also, we appreciate man,
0: you, brother. Coming on, Yeah, man. This, this yeah. means a lot. This means a lot. This would not be the last time you see uh, Mr. Cotton. We have so much more to share and the depth of change um yeah. in our lives so i appreciate them being on um i'm loving these it's this is <laughs> what's that old saying this makes my heart glad it's just- <laughs> 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 to together and building uh appreciate you jeff all right so uh make sure you sharing of course tagging other people they could watch it on replay uh we look forward to seeing you guys tomorrow uh same time same channel um Hey, Thomas, don't go anywhere, because I know everyone always leaves once we end. Don't just give me a second. second. (laughs) Oh, no, I'm good. So so, uh, 988, if you're having a mental health crisis, crisis, you or someone you love, make sure you dial 988. Uh, Continue to be safe, like I say. Oh, Georgia. And I think North Carolina now. Early voting, early voting, early voting. Make sure you get out and vote. Get out and vote. If you're wondering why you should vote, it's important. On, on a ballot here in Henry County or at least my area they're voting on should from the governor on down should they lose their pay if they are indicted under a felony should they lose their pay if they're indicted under a felony it's on the, it's on the ballot guys these are things you need to vote for then another one says should homeowners or owners of land um, have a tax break? if natural disaster hits it's on the ballot guys it's on the ballot at least here in my district henry county so if you wonder why you should vote i know you don't like the candidates i know gotta choose somebody you just i know unfortunately less of two evil like eh i don't like him but he's dumb so you gotta <laughs> choose and then but there's the initiatives guys this is how things become legal this is how taxes are raised this is how money is spent they come ask you say hey do you think we should spend money on this this is your opportunity all right that's it that's all we see you uh, tomorrow know that we love you jesus loves you better stay safe make good choices and we'll see you in the a.m peace out